All right, welcome to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. So much entertainment for all of you today with this episode, or I guess uh, later in the week if you're listening to the podcast in syndication. But I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching, and with me, as always, is my co-host, our marketing director, one of our coaches, and all-around superhuman, Jen Wade-Bohr. Hey, Jen. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm good. It's Monday. Other than the crackhead trying to break into your backyard, manipulating the latch when there's really no lock. Cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. And welcome back to the show. (laughs) And that's a very big deal for us because I was thinking about it as we were running the intro. There aren't that many people that we've interviewed on the podcast and want them back on the podcast. So it's really kind of a special thing. And more importantly, apparently our guest is really, really good at web camera dancing to our cheesy intro song. You guys didn't get to see that, but I assure you her head bobbing back and forth made me chuckle when we immediately went live. So it was a little difficult for me to get back on track, but welcome back to the show, Kathy Nicholson. Hey, Kathy. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me back. I'm very honored to be a special returning guest. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because we have a really significant vetting process for the show, period. Uh, Particularly when it comes to real estate agents, even more so when it comes to real estate agents in our market, and it includes both business and personal. And we look at a lot of different factors before we even invite somebody to be on the show the first time, which gives us an opportunity to determine whether or not they'd be on the show a second, third, or last week, I think was uh, Grant was our guest, his fifth time. Um, But uh, Grant is our favorite librarian turned real estate agent. He's in the Bay Area in California. So always interesting to get another perspective Mm -hmm. that way. But yeah, so we determined before we went live that it had been 14 or 15 months since we Mm -hmm. saw you. Uh, Since we did this previous episode, we may have seen you since then, but our audience has not seen or heard you since then. So we'll put it that way. And it's been an interesting 14 or 15 months in the real estate business. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. It's been kind of a relearning type of year. Um, It's been different, definitely, than the years past that we had known pre-COVID and during COVID. Definitely different have to be able to adapt and carry on. Well, I think the only thing that seems relatively synonymous to me through those periods, a little pre-COVID, and forgive me, I don't know how long you've been doing this, and I probably should before uh, in uh, you know asking the question. That mm-hmm. way, uh, if you give the wrong answer, I can call you out on it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but I think the one thing that's been synonymous, while there have been a lot of other outside factors that have kind of driven the influence as far as how the real estate business goes is that we've had a housing shortage for a long, long time. Jen and I never, ever come across an agent who's seen a buyer's market. Excuse mm-hmm. Yeah, seen a buyer's market. And I started my mortgage practice in 05. Jen, is that right? Yes. 2005. I've been doing it for a number of years prior to that. So I've seen uh, those kinds of fluctuations. But I think if we're talking, you know, anything since 07, 08, um, the synonymity has certainly been the housing shortage, the lack of inventory, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's an anomaly. 
<clears throat> I don't think we can spend 15 years doing it and calling it an anomaly. I think this is the face of real estate that we're just never going to have enough housing to support the population, certainly the American population, never mind the fact that there are 8 billion people on the planet. Uh, that's obviously a very, very big number. I remember when 6 billion was, you know, mind boggling. Um, and then obviously the distance between six and seven was much shorter and the distance between seven and eight even shorter. But um, we have a lot of people and we don't have enough housing. So what I would like to get a take on is what are the things that you think, you see, you feel have been so violent, have been up and down, have provided this roller coaster ride in that time frame that you're describing pre-COVID, COVID current. Mm -hmm. And where are you know, real estate agents adapting, absorbing, adopting, implementing, what should they be doing to be keeping pace with the roller coaster of all these other influences while still having to deal with what's probably a permanent face of real estate, which means a housing shortage? Yeah. So um, I started in 2008, 2009 with short sales and foreclosures. Um and so I've seen kind of the gamut of the market. Um, fast forward to right now, the difference I see is the sellers are still wanting to price a little high. So mm -hmm. as a listing agent, you have to have an honest conversation with your client and let them know we're going to price according to comps. Um, and in my experience in the market, I'm evergreen, conifer, pine, foothills, Lakewood, Littleton. If These are areas uh, in the West Denver suburbs yes. for our audience yes. that's not local. Yes. Um, if you price according to the market value or a little bit below, um, you're going to attract more buyers. So you have to have your clients trust in pricing. Um, if you price too high, you're literally going to sit on the market. And if you're on the market longer than the medium days on market, then you're most likely going to be on there 21 plus days and get lowball offers because people are like, well, what's wrong with this house? It's been on the market 21 days, as opposed to when you price a listing correctly, lower than the market value, usually you're going to go on under contract in that for seven days, maybe seven to 12 days max. Um, the other very variable is um, it's kind of neighborhood and house specific on the houses that go quick. Um, the houses that go within the three to seven day range from being on the market, they're staged. They are more turnkey um, with um, the buyer being able to walk in the house, get the feel and say, I could live here. I could have my coffee on this deck. Those are the houses that tend to get um, better offers and go on a contract a lot quicker. So as a listing agent, you not only have to make sure you price right, but you have to make sure your seller's house is ready to go and can uh, appeal to as many buyers as possible. Um, and the other thing that I've seen coming back is that the buyers are out there. They know what they want. They The inventory is still low. It's about one one point two. Um, months worth of inventory. Um, so, and the buyers have kind of made peace with the interest rates. They're like, okay, you know, it's going to be sixes. Maybe if I can get 5.75, but 
it's going to be sixes. So I think the buyers are coming to peace with, okay, six is good. Um, they're going to offer on your listing if it's turnkey or move-in ready or, you know, staged. Um, and they might offer over ask if it's a competitive market, but they're gaining their negotiation power back is what I'm seeing. And mm. so we have listings going under contract again in the seven to 12 day period at asking or over asking in multiple offer situations. But then coming on inspections, your buyers are asking um, for multiple repairs. They're not afraid to ask for that or concessions to buy the rate down. Um, so that's what I'm seeing. So again, as a listing agent, you have to prep your sellers. We're not only have to price right, but you have to be ready for the buyers to ask for things on inspections. Okay, so we're still always going to circumnavigate an arena where education is key. Mm -hmm. We have to be doing a good job in that arena. But there's an additional wrench in the works that's going to relatively be unique to our market. And I couldn't tell you how other states handle their uh, tax valuations. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Kathy, you came to my house. I want to sell my house. You came mm -hmm. here and you told me you're going to put it on the market for $750,000. And then bam! The county sends me notice that it's worth 950000 Now, we know that's not true, and those are actually legitimate numbers uh, for my personal situation. And when I saw that valuation notice, I called a real estate agent that I know well and said, hey, if this is accurate, come put a sign in the yard. Mm -hmm. He said, no, yeah. I, I, you know you can't sell it for that. And I said, I know. And yes, then go ahead and get me the documentation I do need in order to contest that value. But here's an additional wrench in the works where everybody is being ridiculous. Not everybody is being ridiculously overassessed. But on average, that two-year period in here in Colorado, that uh, is a 24-month cycle for those of you that do it differently. And the average is probably about a 50% gain in value from June of 20 to June of 22. Mm -hmm. And that has to throw another wrench in the works mm -hmm. when trying to educate homeowners on what's realistic when it comes to selling your home. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. an added yep. challenge right now that is not regular and is way off the charts. Yeah. And we, I, I and my team um, fielded many calls from our clients saying um, the county has my house assessed at this and will you pull comps? I'm going to appeal it. Um, and we were, we were definitely doing that on a regular basis. And again, it goes back to the educated uh, education of your clients. You're pulling comps, you know, from a certain radius from their house based on bedrooms, baths, square footage, in our case, acreage does come into play on that. Um, sure. And you're like, look, this is what, what it what the reality is if i were to list your house i i'd list it around this price this range and so if you want to contest it here's here's your comps to contest it otherwise if you're going to sell your house in the next couple of years then just be happy with the about the valuation and it'll <laughs> get there eventually and you know hang tight on that so. yeah it's true and uh, granted i certainly saw i don't know we've had probably a couple of hundred clients ask us to look at the data. <clears throat> I'm certainly not a real estate agent. I'm not a real estate appraiser. We do run a couple of ABMs. Uh, for those of you uh, not in the space, that's an automated valuation management tool. And I would say that half, 
it probably wasn't worth kicking that can further down the road, right. opening the door to the assessor. Mm -hmm. When it trickles down to what the actual tax difference would be, it was relatively negligible. It wasn't common that we were seeing hundreds of thousands of dollars between what the assessed value and the appraised value would be, but it certainly did happen. There were a handful of those. But yeah, just another wrench in the works where obviously real estate agents, particularly if you're going to work on the listing side and secure those clients, get the property sold in a relatively quick period of time. And I think that that's something else that's really important to understand is that a quick sale by historic definition is essentially an average timeline and a requirement today. 21 days. Mm -hmm. That's that's nothing. A balanced mm -hmm. market is defined by a six-month inventory. Mm -hmm. We used to exactly. expect it to take six months to sell our house or find a house. Yeah. So 21 days being at the long end of that now because of the scale and that the inventory is 10% of what it should be for a balanced market. So we've got to understand that that timeline is going to be 10% of what it should be as well. If I told you I needed to sell my house fast, in your mind, that's probably three days. Yeah, get in a contract. Right. And if I told you I needed to sell my house in a normal house, you're like two weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that that's important for all of us to kind of look at this from a much greater altitude and realize that this picture has shifted. Things have changed, probably permanently. Right. I, I well, don't see this area having the 30,000 listings at a single moment that would be what defines a six-month inventory ever again. Right, right. I, I think that bottom line is people are always going to need to move or want to move. Um, so my clientele is never ending. I, you know, I just have to make sure I'm out there, you know, getting the clients, but people are always going to want to move. I think what like COVID made everybody realize, obviously you can work from home and you can live everywhere. So there was a big frenzy like, hey, I'm not going to stay in Detroit. I'm going to Colorado or wherever. So I think a lot of our frenzy and people got moving during COVID because they realized that and because the interest rates were very attractive then. Um, and so I think right now the um, we're coming to kind of a grid in that um, people kind of have settled where they already wanted to be. Um, they've made that initial move and they're like, yeah, I do like where I'm at and I can work from home. The other thing is because the interest rates are higher, they were in the sevens, you know, now the sixes, we have kind of a seller gridlock. So those sellers that maybe thought about moving and didn't make the move during COVID, during the low interest rates, they're like, ooh, I don't want to sell my house and then move to another house to pay more for that house and have a higher interest rates. So we have some sellers questioning where they thought they were going to move now this summer, this spring, where they're like, you know what, we're going to stay put another year and they're taking their money and they're doing a trade so that they can have a more attractive house and get, get a little bit more for their house. So we're having a little bit of a seller gridlock on that. And I think that's contributing to the low inventory where we are right now. Um, and then on the flip side, the buyers are like, okay, we have a low inventory. Uh, the good ones are going to go fast. I'll, I'll pay the asking price, but I'm going to get mine in concessions or inspection resolutions. So I think through the COVID years, people are where they want to be. And if they wanted to move, they're kind of second guessing it right now. 
That could be. And uh, uh, thank you to all of them. I would be willing to bet in the pandemic and post-pandemic era, I've written more home improvement loans than in the entire remainder of my career. So yeah, we certainly have opened doors to uh, people making the space what they want rather than finding a new space. Right. There is an awful lot of that. Also contributing to the inventory shortage, one of a ton of factors that... uh, well, we may never uh, see the uh, uh, reverse on, uh, which is fine. So one of the things that you, ha- well, there were two things that you had mentioned. The first one I want to say is that uh, for all of you that are out of state, and particularly those of you in Detroit or in the rest of the murder, <laughs> men, Kathy didn't mean anything by I, it. I, she I she that. happens to be 100% correct. If you've, if you've been in Detroit and never in Denver or vice versa, uh, and you've you've seen them both. You know exactly what she's talking about. But I promise, no offense given. But Kathy, a big part of what you had said that I want to circle back to is that you're working very diligently in staying in front of people. Mm-hmm. What does that look like today? What do you, what kinds of activities are you doing? What kinds of tasks are you exercising in order to ensure that happens? Two things on that is Buffini. Um, I was white ran. Thank I got you, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. He, he he does listen. He has had his fair share of uh, embarrassing me in public. I love it. Uh, yeah, no of course question. I can see him doing that. He has. Um, but I, I started in the real estate industry, and my mentor took me to a Buffini weekend event right away. And that's the foundation of my business, is making sure my clients that have trusted me to sell their house, they are my A-plus clients, um, and I stay in front of them. Uh, through the notes and magazines and postcards and um, client events. And so when it is time for them to sell, whether it's two, three, or 10 years down the road, they're calling me because I've stayed in touch with them. Um, the other thing is to get new clients. Um, I believe whatever whatever you're doing, be the best at what you're doing. So how can I be better? I am continuing learning um, and I know my community. So whether you're a mountain in the mountain community or like a downtown area, you need to know the areas that are selling. You need to know the schools. You need to be an expert in your field, be the best that you can be, and then show that to the public that you're that you're marketing to. Um, I'm continue. We have staple events in the Evergreen, the Evergreen Rodeo, um, in Conifer. It's our Elevation Celebration that's this weekend. Come out and see us. Um, we have booths and we advertise that. So we social media, um, the postcards. I still do old fashioned mailing um, and things like this. The podcast. I, I love being on your podcast and I have my own podcast too. Um, that oh, I- well, plug it! Come on, plug the podcast. You're here. A real life with Kathy Nicholson, and I only use one L to kind of just be cute. Um, but it's about real estate, but it's also about the people that I've met in my career. Real people. I, I've had people that are battling parents with Alzheimer's. We've dug into that. Um, I've had people that have been injured traumatically in a cycling accident and how they recovered from that. Um, I have my own adoption story on there. So you can kind of learn a little bit about me personally. So it's all aspects of life. And I, that's what I love about my job is I get to meet so many people and I generally care about them. And I think they feel that. And that's why they keep coming back and keep me on their list for their agent. 
And Jen, that's you pinging the uh, uh, website for Kathy's podcast. Cool. So yeah. our uh, video cast watching audience will get that, which is really neat stuff. Um, how long have you been doing that? Um, I started last year and I think I did, I did 10 episodes last year and I've recorded three this year. Um, I'm kind of a bit late to get started, but there's no time frame on podcasts and you can listen to them at any time. Um, so yeah, I started it last year because it's always been something fun and I like to share the people that I meet with the world. Um, and it's, it's just exciting. It is. And don't get discouraged. We are halfway through our sixth season doing roughly 40 or 45 episodes a year and it probably took four years before it really took off okay because i enjoy it and so i don't really have any expectations my main goal is to you know bring people together and and just let them enjoy my podcast cool yeah i think that that's uh a valuable piece of the puzzle. So hopefully we'll uh, drive a little more listenership for you here at this point. Let's get into the time machine here. Okay. <laughs> I'm really curious about what you think technologically, lead generationally, and certainly in real estate is coming down the pipe for us the rest of this year next year that pretty much covers the bandwidth for when we'll be able to get you back on the show <laughs> anyway so jen you're booked through 2024 almost i think i have six spots left oh, maybe. Uh, so we're, we're about 18 months out from yeah. uh being able to book uh additional guests so what does that time frame bring to mind kathy what do you think we're gonna see Lead generation wise, um, I see more people trying to pop into the investment side of things. And maybe if they're staying put where they're at, they might be looking at a second home like you have one. Um, and I just kind of started that. We have a second home in Texas. And so I think we're going to see a little bit more of the investment type of situations. Um, but basically, lead generation, I think, is, again, a solid foundation of, you know, keeping in front of your clients and getting referred. Are you doing anything with AI? Not yet. I'm just learning about AI, and that kind of helps me with my descriptions in the MLS. That's good. Yeah. Um, I think so that's you are doing probably, something with it, then. Yeah, I think that's probably the first best step to use AI if you're a real mm -hmm. estate agent, if you're a listing agent, then Yes. Um, understand that different platforms behave in different manners, that they all behave in a garbage in, garbage out manner. Mm -hmm. If you really want to get good results from AI in the space, kids, give the AI good information and you'll get back good information. Um, and I think, and Jen talks about this a lot at our uh, events and with our coaching clients and so on and so forth, particularly in the real estate space, that if you're not using AI for your graphic work as well already, you're probably missing the boat. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jen, how many people do we come across on a regular basis that have yet to or just started doing video work when they should have <laughs> 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. So we know it's going to be years before a lot of them get on the bandwagon using AI as well. But oh, yeah. I, I sure wish people were a little more adopting 
that way, particularly when it comes to the technology that can make things a little easier, a little better, a little more productive. You could be as productive in less time. Work on yeah. that work-life balance shit. Or you could be more productive in the same amount of time and do a little more business. And maybe that's your work-life balance shit. I don't know. But um, yeah, for those of you and... I don't know. What do you figure, Jen? Kathy's in the one percent of people that have at least started to. Oh yeah. Take that step into using AI for the real estate business, please. Please, everybody, follow in Kathy's footsteps yeah. here and start using it, even if it's just for the legitimately practical application of helping you write listing descriptions. That's yeah, and I took story. a class, Adam. I mean, again, education is key. I took a class. Um, on AI. And, and so I kind of dipped my toe in it there. Um, but I think it's getting familiar with it. And I am probably the majority of where it takes me a little time, like, okay, I kind of see it. Same thing with the videos. Um, when I do open houses, I'm more apt to do a video while I'm at my open house and kind of show, do a quick little walkthrough and add the music to it. But it took me a while to learn how to do that. And also with the reels and the stories and things like that. So um, definitely, I think it's keeping up with the trends and learning how to do it correctly. Um, but don't not do it because it's not perfect. Oh, that's valuable. Yes. Take yeah. imperfect action. No question. Otherwise, you'll fall into that analysis paralysis. Um, and, you know, it's funny because in theory, open houses lend that ability. Um, I helped a real estate agent. Actually, she obviously works a very similar uh, space to where you are. A lot of uh, Foothills properties and uh, just west of Denver Mountain properties. And mm -hmm. this, let me put it this way. I got to this house where there was no cell phone service. And I was really glad I brought my four-wheel drive. Uh, <laughs> I would have been uh, walking a long, long ways had I not. And... It was so busy that the open house lasted an hour longer than she had planned for. And she would have never had time to shoot a video. Mm -hmm. There were people that were coming that she couldn't even talk to. Yep. I've had um, those so too. I was so excited for her. And that, uh, and this is a rel relatively rural property. It's sitting on 35 acres. It backs to National Forest, on and on. And yeah, the volume of traffic that she had on that listing blew my mind. I was so proud of her. Um, so yeah, that is a lot of it, no question. Um, the video work, uh, make sure you put YouTube shorts in that list of short format video that you were rambling off there, Kathy. Yes. Uh, I mean, if you're already doing the reel, if you're already doing a TikTok, if you're already doing a story, YouTube shorts. Yep. Oh, that's no right. Oh, yeah. Huge traffic there. No question. Uh, let's, let's not forget that YouTube is still one of the biggest search engines on the planet. Maybe, I do forget about YouTube. Yeah, I think it's, it's number second, two. It's number two to TikTok. To TikTok now. Yep. Search okay. engines are now ranked TikTok, YouTube, and Google. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So <laughs> all of you listening, take advantage of those kinds of tools. Yep. And there's a lot of integration our video editing tool has AI built into it, as an example. There's a lot of integration between what AI can do for you and what video can do for you. And Jen, I'd be willing to bet we're going to talk about that at some point in a future event we're going to have. And I know we talked yep. a lot about AI, a lot about video, a lot about the integration of these things at Social Media Day. 
which we did last month. Uh, it's funny because I've had a bunch of people reach out asking me when I it saw is. saw that. And I was like, uh, you missed it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check back next year. Um, mm -hmm. But we are going to do another event unique to the mortgage and real estate space in the fall, our seventh annual, seventh annual. Seventh yeah. annual Mile High Mastermind. And we're probably going to cover a lot of this stuff as well. Yeah, a bunch of you will see invites on Facebook. I just set up the little Facebook event mm -hmm. for the Mile High Mastermind. Um, but yeah, September 29th and 30th is our seventh annual nice. Mile High Mastermind. This is the fourth one that we've done together, Adam. That's... Wow. Wow. No, I'm fifth. Fifth. That's nuts. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. love masterminds. I think they're invaluable. Um, I, I have a mastermind group that I'm part of with the Berkshire Hathaway Network, and there's an agent from like, uh, we have seven, eight agents, and they're all from different states like California. And so you kind of get to know what's happening all over. And people have different t uh, ways to do lead generation. And I think sharing, sharing is caring. Hmm. Yeah, so our mastermind is a nice balance between like those small intimate masterminds and big events. So we have same people come back year after year. We'll nice. cover AI. We'll talk about LinkedIn a little bit more because I don't think you can ever know enough about LinkedIn. Fun fact, Gen Z is the most active generation on LinkedIn now. They have kicked off the older generation. But that's generations. not on your top three, right? TikTok, YouTube, uh, well, those, those are, are the top engines. three search engines. Not social media. Oh, got it. Search yeah. News? yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about video. I'm going to talk about content creation tips. It's it's always a fantastic event. So it's September 29th and 30th. Uh, you can text tips to 63566 to get that info, get a copy of Adam's book, get past episodes of the show, free hour of coaching, literally all the things. Um, but if you are on Adam or my friends list and you're a real estate agent you'll, or a loan officer, you'll probably see an invite to the Facebook event page too. So you can get all the details there as well. I look, I look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, I said I know, I know I just sent you an invite, Kathy. So we'd love it's, to see you there. It's a great yeah. event and a huge thank you because we never give them enough credit to the University of Denver for partnering with us on this event. Uh, they've always been, uh, well, they've been wonderful partners for the Mile High Mastermind and we're uh, grateful to uh, be part of the DU family that way. All right, Jen, I think uh, you really kind of took it home with the door opening to talk about AI and yeah. video and uh, getting that uh, stuff out there about the event. Um, other than that, I don't know what else is really relevant. Kathy, thank you so much. We know, we know how hard it is to carve this kind of time out on a Monday when you're busy and have it planned 16 months out. Well, 14, <laughs> I guess, 15. Um, so thank you for uh, doing that. And let's get you back on the books for another uh, episode. Not a lot of, we're, we're narrowing down the field here of people that have been on three or more times. But this has been an awful lot of fun. So we will do it again. And for the rest of you watching or listening live or in syndication, thank you for tuning in. You can catch episodes of the video cast of How I Met Your Mortgage live on Mondays at 1030 Mountain Time. And you can then catch the podcast the following Wednesday on Apple Spotify and Amazon podcasts. Again, How I Met Your Mortgage presented by Just the Tips Coaching. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Adam.